Yeah, because I'm. You start talking before I finish. Do you know what the problem is, Mark? You never stop talking. <laughs> Hi, I'm Meet Katie, and this is lowering the tone. <laughs> Finally did it. Finally set up my own show. Quite excited as it goes. We've been talking about this for quite a while now, but um, if anyone's interested in getting involved and helping with this podcast, please just email me on mark at meetkatie.com. And don't forget to put in the subject title, lowering the tone. Just to give you an idea of the format of this show, I'm going to do a mix right now for about half an hour, something a bit more up-tempo, a bit pacey, stuff I normally play. Then I'm going to drop it down for another half an hour or so. Then I have an interview with Mike Black from Black & Blunts. Great DJ, wicked producer, all-round good guy really, and very interesting. a moment head over to my website it's www.meetkatie.com and subscribe to the mailing list that way i can keep you updated uh, send you a track listing for the show just general spam really <laughs> right it's probably time i shut up and played some music like i said i would you're listening to meet katie on lowering the tone Thank <laughs> you. 
You're listening to me, Katie, on Lowering the Tone.
Thanks to those that made it out to Pineapple Tribe Sound System at Not Neil Carnival last weekend. What a party. <laughs> and uh, thanks to the, all the guys that put me on. Um, it's really appreciated. Pleased to say that they invited me back next year. So I think it went well. I'm also going to be playing their party at Brixton Jam on the 27th of September. Uh, that'll be with Beta and uh, the Plum DJs who always smash it so that's a pretty good one also it's red i play in london so if you can make it out show a bit of support there's a few people i'd like to give a shout out um one being sean gallagher the original concept for this podcast was hatched at a after party around his house one night in san francisco Originally, it was all going to be chat. I wasn't going to play any music. We're just going to talk about people <laughs> and um, bitch, I guess. Still going to do that. Still have that element, which is always going to be at the back half of this podcast where I interview people. Um, hopefully get into some areas that are interesting and hopefully you find it interesting. Somebody else I'd like to give a shout to is Nicole and Memo. Really good friends of mine. Uh, miss you like mad. Also, Dulce, Sid Gris, the Opulent Crew. You're all going to be at Burning Man right now. Unfortunately, I'm not going. Gutted. Someone else I'd like to give a shout to is Simon Norford. He's out in Croatia at the Hideout Festival with Dopamine, a bunch of other friends. Uh, shouts to Ainsley, Nick, Gemma. I've got Matt Dopamine coming in the studio next week to do an interview. I'm sure that'd be funny. That's if he's recovered by then. anyone that you think I should be talking to or interviewing or playing their music hit me up at mark at mekate.com and I will do my best to respond to each and every one of you can't guarantee it if you um, if you email me telling me how great you are as a DJ or a producer let me be the judge of that or have a listen to your music if you're feeling it I'll play it if I'm not you probably won't get an email back I know that's a bit harsh, but it's the truth. I've got a bit more music to come, and then we got this interview with Micah Black. 
Stay away But I heard you say 
listening to Lowering the Tone with me, Katie. I'm going to head off into a kind of deeper territory right now. Uh, this is music that I really like. I just don't get a chance to play it in my sets. I'm sure you can imagine how frustrating that is as a DJ, not being able to play music that you really like to people, the fear of them not dancing. So I guess this is a, one of the reasons why having a podcast is good.
You're listening to Make Katie on Lowering the Tone. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Keeping it pretty low slung right now. There's a lot more to come though.
It's a lonely night, everybody's happy Been turning around, looking for a friendly light But I see nothing, no eyes No eyes, no eyes on me
Listening to me, Katie, on lowering the tone.
listening to me, Katie, on Lowering the Tone. for listening to my deeper selection we're going to move on now so now it's that time we've all been waiting for a few weeks back Michael Black from Black and Blunt came to my house travelled down into the furthest depths of the suburbs and we've done this little interview exclusive right where do I start why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in the UK. Over, um, I've just been at uh, in Europe at Kazantip and in Germany, just doing some shows. Um, first time in the Ukraine at Kazantip. That was a pretty amazing festival. Uh, just played with the In Beats We Trust guys the, from Russia, Lady, Lady Wax, Wax yeah. and uh, you know Lexani and Quest and all those guys, uh, and also with Martin Horger and Leroy Thornhill and. Just, um, yeah, sort of five days, five gigs, lots of different stages, lots of sun, lots of crazy nights full of, um, you know, Russian vodka and Ukrainian people rocking out. And it was, yeah, it was amazing. Nice. Yeah, it was, um, it was really good. There's like lots of stages along the beach, um, there and, uh, kind of played like two or three of them. And then, then this, uh, this bar called the UFO bar, I played that a couple of times. And that was that was definitely where the party was at each and every night at about five in the morning. It was just going mental. That's perfect time. Yeah, absolutely. You know. People, as as a as a rule, go out a lot lot later. So you know, especially at festivals. Yeah. It? Well, I mean, some festivals they kind of they run during more during the day and then they kind of finish up at night. You know, and sort of everyone kind of quietens down or there's like after shows and that sort of stuff. But this party definitely it starts around midnight. Um, I mean, there's stuff running during the day. But I think between about 6 and 10, everything kind of stops. Everyone goes and has a bit of rest. And then it fires back up again at about midnight. And then, um, yeah, just goes through till 7, 8, 9 in the morning. Just keeps going, just keeps going. 
I played out there, I saw um, I saw Marco Bailey, and I, I mentioned to you before mm. the the thing that absolutely amazed me about it was that it his set sort of gained pace as the light came up, mm. which is normally when people kind of move away and it's like oh the lights out, you know. By the end of his set, there was just because it backed onto the beach. Yep. There was people dancing in the sea. You know, it was an incredible sight. You know, he was playing some fantastic music, but to see a a set sort of ramp up as it got light, you know, was kind of, you know, a bit of a new experience. They normally wind down when the sun comes up. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I've ever seen like that is Exit Festival uh, in in Serbia, sort of on the dance stage there, that, that it just kind of ramps up and up and up and up and up and up until about 8, 9 a.m. and then kind of just finishes on a high note it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bliss out at all it just kind of keeps getting heavier and heavier i've never i've never been to xc i've heard i've had um, some fantastic res- reports from it it's something yeah that, it's you know, really love good. to do but yeah um in a big that, castle in serbia yeah yeah it's amazing so we've come a long way they have they have <laughs> anyway um, so you're, you're over. You came for what, like more, more of a pleasure, or you uh, know, just a to bit the of UK? You know? Yeah, well, to the UK. I just came to catch up with friends. It's um, uh, I can't come to the Northern Hemisphere and not, you know, see people like yourself and yeah. just friends that I've got over here, the Plumps guys, Jeanette Slack, um, and just some old Perth friends that you know have moved over here and are living over here. It's sort of, it's it's easy to skip over to to the uk for for a week and just catch up with everybody and then head back to perth because obviously i don't get over here i've been here in maybe three years four years really that long yeah it's been a while i was coming every year for a while uh, and then just everything started ramping up in australia and i've just been really really busy there well thank you for coming down and um, chatting to me um, no worries, man. obviously I don't, obviously we've had dinner before this yeah. and um, it was not it's lovely seeing you anyway yeah. um, but you're hobbling yeah had- i look i think you know, chasm tip injury. I uh, I stacked it uh, on a bit of an excessively fun night out. I think after much drinking and much uh, much frivolity, but yeah, I stacked it and uh, I've damaged myself. But you know, it's a it's a good story and a good uh, good bit of a uh, bit of you know rave injury to kind of take home. I, I think it's a it's a sign of having a good weekend it when is, you mate. come back with some kind of injury. Yeah, you know, I normally yeah. end up black and blue. And like the, the, my favourite parties, normally have hurt myself like to some kind some of degree. kind of degree. Yeah. Well, I did um I did a, an interesting thing to get myself over to um Kazantip. I uh I, I raised the money through crowdfunding. Oh really? Um, yeah, I, uh, I I there's a website called Possible um in Australia where they kind of run the back end for a crowdfunding project. So. What I did is I, you know, I did a video and um, wrote up a, a kind of a little bio and then put it up on the website and then um, uh, sent it out to my network in Perth and in Australia um, and everybody can kind of contribute money and you know they they don't contribute money for nothing so um, I gave away some music um, I gave away some DJ lessons some production lessons. Um, I've got a DJ at some people's parties and and that sort of stuff. So there was a, like a reward system. Um, so yeah, it was a really really interesting way um, to to raise the money. What's the What's the name of the website? Possible. P o z i b l e dot com dot au. That's a great there's, idea. There's other sites around the world. Crowdfunding's um, becoming a pretty popular way for people, particularly musicians and artists, um, startup businesses, that kind of stuff, to uh, to kind of get their their projects off the ground um and 
you know, for somebody like me who, um, you know, got the opportunity to play at Kazantip but didn't have the, the funds to kind of get myself over there, um, it, was a, it was a really good way to get the money together and it's a really interesting way to sort of, I, I don't know, see the support that, you know, that you have in the community. Yeah, that you've built up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I was shitting myself. I was really, really scared because, you know, even on the website there's like a, there's a meter that goes up as the money kind of goes up and, and the deal is if you don't make your target, you don't get any money. So like Kickstarter yeah. type vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh, this is going to be a really kind of spectacular way to fail miserably in front of everybody that I know. <laughs> in front in of all your fans. And all my fans and shit. Uh, but um, look, I, I raised three and a half grand in three days. Um, and then uh, I, I, the whole campaign ran for 30 days. Um, I reached my target in 10 days and then it kept going for the rest of the days. I ended up raising about six and a half grand. Um, That's all amazing. That's yeah, really, it was amazing. Really it, it really, really blew me away. I just, I couldn't believe how ready people are to just get involved and support somebody that in, in trying to achieve something that they want to achieve. And everybody was really, really positive about it. I'd see people um, out at the club and um, at an Ambar or just out at festivals and that sort of stuff. And they'd say, oh, you know, I put, I put my, put my five bucks in or put my 10 bucks in. And, you know, like they, they were just, and they said, you know, great, good luck. You know, it's really, really wonderful opportunity. It's so good to, you know, be able to kind of help you and they're just, People want to people want to get involved and they want to help and it's it's a really kind of humbling. Well, I think experience. that's testament to yourself, to be fair, because um, you know, like you know, like as soon as I mentioned I was going to interview you this afternoon, well, this evening, yeah. um, you know, immediately people from Perth are all liking it. People that you know I know from Perth, yeah. um, you know, and the first comment was uh, representing Perth. You yeah. know, you're, you're you're extremely popular. Um, DJ, you know, but also sort of man behind the scenes as well. You know, this is you know to sort of get onto to Perth itself. Um, you're, you're not just a DJ in the city. You know, no. you're, you're 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 famous for being a DJ, but you're actually more involved in a lot of the projects and how they develop and 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 you know working working for Ambar, which you know you know for any anyone that doesn't know what Ambar is, Ambar is like you know probably the number one club in australia for, for me it is um it's been you know an absolute rock in the clubbing calendar you know whenever i get a gig there i know I'm, i look forward to it it's something that really excites me like playing a you know sort of one of the, one of my favorite festivals or something is something that i always get very excited about um yeah and you're um you're a very instrumental and um, influential person at that club yeah i've kind of i've I started out as a resident there um, maybe like 11 years ago. Uh, I celebrated 10 years there last year. And um, just over the years, I, I, I just, it became my home. It's my home and I'm really, really passionate about my home and about um, making sure that it is the kind of club that I want to play at and um, it has the music, the kind of music that that um that i want to that i want to listen to and also the kind of family that i want to be around family and community is really really important to me and it's something that ambar that's kept ambar going for you know 13 years now is that um it just it has a really strong community behind it and all the djs are very supportive of each other 
Um, there's no kind of competition amongst everybody there. Everybody just really gives each other a, a leg up and supports each other. Um, the 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 crowd are a part of the 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 kind of the the foundations of the club. You know, there are people that have been going there as long as I've been DJing there, and that still come there. You know, not every week maybe, but like you know monthly. And when we do our big shows, and then when certain artists come through like yourself or you know they, they they come back and continually kind of support those artists and those people and it's since i've now i work for the um for boom tick the kind of the, the the greater organization that runs ambar and um my role is i guess to kind of curate the music um it's been a really big uh just sort of focus for for me to just keep it keep that spirit alive keep that community kind of an energy alive and keep it the club that um that i want to be at and that that, I, that our punters and our and our family yeah. want to be at i think i think community is the right words you know i think that's why why a lot of you know like touring djs they they like it so much because you go back there and it's like it's like seeing a seeing a really good friend that you haven't seen for a little while mm. And you don't you don't need to start again. You mm. just pick up from where you le- left off. Yeah, you know you've obviously changed. Stuff's going on, but that's what a good friend is, and and that's what a good club is. Yeah, I mean you you're, know, you're one of the main, people that actually like early on in the on in the day sort of said something to me which really stuck. You know, you, you I remember we were sort of standing at the bar and you sort of said, you know, you. you I hope you realize that you guys have got something pretty special going on here. You know, there's not many clubs that you can come back to time and time again that are that you know that are the, the the same in terms of the energy and the community kind of aspect and the crowd. And that kind of really stuck with me, and, and it it sort of made me realize that we were on the right track. You well, know, yeah, I, you know, I th- I think the the kids are like the new to clubbing and, and new to the amber. They kind of almost inherit goodwill mm. from the people that that slow down that have families that you know like the back off from clubbing they leave this sort of almost um they they, they leave leave a leave such a good a, a good taste in your mouth a good a good, a good like legacy for the for people to pick up and you know and because you know like everything moves like everything changes everything does move but i think i think the core values at Ambar have remained the same from the beginning and, and, and it was good and, and it still is good and that's yeah. the that's why I think people hold it in such high regard yeah and it's that's that's something that you know since I've been there and, and been you know I guess in that's been my mandate for myself to 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 pass those that mantle on and a lot of that comes down to the the DJs that we you know our residents our residents have changed and grown and over the over the years but the, the the new guys that have come through are the guys that recognize that legacy yeah, and have yeah. the desire to carry that legacy on because um you know in perth it everybody come the feedback that i get is that it has a different feeling from all the other clubs in perth um and you know and almost in australia because there is that community aspect there and that love and passion for the venue i mean the the, the, the clientele that come down they're passionate about the venue they love the music they support the djs but they're passionate about the venue and about just everything that's going on there well, talking of which you're mm. um you're in the process of moving yeah look um we we at the beginning of the year we 
kind of got served with a notice from the building that Ambar's in. Uh, it's sort of at the bottom of um, about a three-story building under underneath, and uh, you know, sort of backs onto the car park. And uh, they're in. They want to redevelop the building, so we have to move. Um, which is at first was kind of a, a real blow. You know, when I when uh, you know Liam, who who owns the business, you know, kind of sat and sat me down and sort of handed me the letter and. You know, said, "Look, I need we you." We should probably say you. hi to Liam. Yeah, hi Liam. <laughs> hi Liam. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it was a it was a bit of a blow, um, and then you know, for us to kind of to sit on it for a while, you know, and, and before we could kind of come to a place where we could let everybody know, because it was still a bit up in the air. We didn't know what the what the time frame was. We didn't know. Um, you know, we needed to kind of make the message, you know, um, uh, one of a, of a positive nature because we're not closing, we're moving. We've got another venue ready to go. It's 100 metres away from the existing venue. Oh, really? It's yeah. so close. Oh, it's right. really, really close. So it's, it's still in the same part of Perth um, and it's still, you know, it's going to be, we're not going to change anything in terms of our formula. Um, we're going to have the same music. Um, we're going to have similar promoters that are promoting other nights in there and, um, you know, the same staff and the same door yep. staff and you know and so um but it's you know it's it was it's a scary thought you know if the the the, the term is if it ain't broken don't fix it you know That's so it, yeah to move <laughs> is, oh. yeah but you know and moving you know moving venues you know it could you know same breath i, I know from running my own nights mm. you know we've when we've moved venues, you know, it's just become it's become exciting again. Yeah. You know, just a change of scenery. Absolutely, and that's know. what it is for us now. We're 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 really excited about this new venue. It's it's a very similar size to Ambar. It's even got columns down the middle of the the um the venue, like the, like oh, the really? existing yeah the, the existing <laughs> venue does. We can actually go in there and put the bar in the same spot, put the DJ in the same spot because they're two kind of key things that really work for the venue. The DJ is in you know it's. They're they're a high five away, so they're kind of right in the middle of the if, yeah. of the crowd. But and the dance floor is kind of big enough, but not too big. So you know it sort of it fills up quite easily and um, packs out quite nicely. But then you know the bar's in a in a good spot. Just that you know we're not going to change the layout. That's going to yeah. remain the same. Um, but you know just the venue's going to change, and it's it's going to be great because we're going to be in it from from the ground up. Like Amber developed over thirteen years into what it is now. Um, and it's it's undergone slight changes and improvements, but there are some key things that to the I guess the infrastructure that really need to be that really need a working over. And when you know going into this new venue, we can we can make it exactly how we want it because we've we've had the Ambar for for 13 years. We know what works, but we know it needs to be better. And now we can go in and make that better. So we're we're really excited to kind of get into this new venue. Well, there, yeah, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be back. You'll be back for sure. Uh, so t- talking of um, Australia and obviously yeah. Perth, yeah. Um, with regards to Ambar and the residents, like um, your 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 production partner, yep. uh, Philly Blunt, yep. um, he he's a resident as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, is this how you met? Or yeah, um, look, we started we, working together. Yeah, we I mean we we've known each other. He was a another local DJ like I was. Um, I actually met his girlfriend first through the in the mix.com.au kind of forums you know about 10 years ago that was where um you sort of you could start getting your name out and you know yeah. post and, and gig information that's kind of before the world of facebook and all that sort of stuff that's where forums was a big well, forums community were, yeah forums yeah. were the way <clears throat> that's the yeah. way that you know and and in the mix was 
kind of the Ma- Australian forum. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I met I met his girlfriend Megs, and um, we she actually interviewed me really early on um, in my career, and then. I got to know Phil through just kind of DJing out in the out in the community, and um, and then about sort of six years ago, he he came on board as as one of the residents, and you know he's just been killing it over there. He's yeah, he's a good DJ. You guys DJ. work really well together. I came I came here. He you play. I stayed an extra day. Yeah, you I think, did. Yeah, yeah, stayed an extra day, and um, I caught one of your sets with. Um, Heavy feet. Yeah, heavy feet. We played after him. That's yeah, right. And, um, you absolutely slammed it. I stayed for the whole duration. Um, um, what surprised me, how comfortable you were, you, you playing together is, you know, lots of DJs go, oh, you know, we played together. And they, they got their own agenda. You mm. know, they they want to be, you know, want to be part of a project, but they want to be the star of a project. Mm. You, you guys kind of were very fluid. You know, there was never a moment where I looked over to Dex and thought, oh, you know, what, what? It, it was very comfortable. And you were playing multi-genre set, you know, which is even more dynamic. You guys were playing, you know, garage to drum and bass. It was like the tempos were, were incredibly all over the place, but there, there, was a, there was a real natural feel and flow. And that's what really impressed me, you know. Obviously, obviously I signed you to my label, but... <laughs> but um, yeah, be, we were glad you were there that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beyond that, I was, um, I was like, these guys are killing it. This is yeah. great. Oh, thanks, man. We, we, we're both pretty, I guess... Um, I don't know. We both got a kind of a lot of humility around our music, and uh, and about like we're, we're not neither of us kind of really seek out the spotlight. So we sort of we 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 give each other a lot of space to just do it, each other's thing, and we we communicate quite a lot in the booth um, in terms of tempo shifting and that sort of stuff. We sort of you know oh what do you reckon we go down here now, but. It's sort of it's it's why we've been able to, to to work well together in the studio as well is because we, you know, as you know, sometimes you get in the studio with somebody and it doesn't kind of work, and we've we just seem to have a a natural sort of agreement that we're that we're going in the right direction. It's not often in the studio that we're that we're kind of heading in different directions, you know, and so it's the same in in the DJ booth. We 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 sort of naturally feel like we're going in the right direction together and it's yeah we we just sort of give each other space to kind of do our thing and and be be you know kind of together up yeah. in there and and work together because we want to we want to you know we want to we want to be up there and be together in it we don't want to kind of just be two djs djing you know at the same time we want to be black and blunt and have that kind of put forward as a as a united front and you know we're we're really good friends we do a radio show together um, we obviously spent a lot of time in the studio together and we've just kind of, it's kind of, you know, the, the friendships developed naturally, even though it hasn't really been that long. I mean, it's, you know, maybe like six years or so, you know, it's sort of not, not a, like a hell of a long time, well, but, um, marriages don't last yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. that long. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, you know, and I mean, Phil, Phil's an amazing producer, um, you know, really good DJ. He's a good lad as well. Um, he's a really nice guy. guy. Yeah. And so, you know, it's. It's just, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for somebody better to kind of be writing music and playing music with. And, you know, we toured, toured together and, yeah, we, we, you know, we tour well together and it's just, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good partnership and a good friendship. Good match. Yeah. So talking of production, yep. um, 
Well, I know that you're putting a track together for my 100th release on Lot 49. We are. Yeah, we are. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which we've discussed this, yeah. this evening. Yeah, yeah, we're in. Um, we're but in. besides that, yep. um, what, what, what you got lined up? Um, we've just been working on a bunch of original stuff. Um, we've, we've sort of found uh, a little bit of a different sound um, that we've been trying to explore, uh, a little bit more kind of stripped back, um, 8080 sort of bouncy stuff. Uh, in the kind of the four four and breaks kind of realm, um, we've we, we were writing a lot of kind of big riffy sort of tunes and um, and really enjoying that sort of stuff. But then we started to try and sort of strip away sort of things that, that didn't necessarily need to be there. The fluff. Yeah, the fluff, you know, yeah. and you know, extra hi hats and yeah. and that kind of stuff. So we've been working on a bunch of original stuff um, in that kind of vein, of which we've got. I don't know, I can't remember how many, but just a couple of things that are either finished or just about there. Um, we've done uh, a couple of remixes. We just did a remix for Upstart Music, um, which I think we finished before I went away. Right. Um, there's some talk of some other kind of bigger Australian uh, um, artist remixes, which not kind of locked in yet, so I don't want to say anything, yeah. but um, uh, hopefully they kind of come through because they'll, they'll be really really good um we did a we did a big single um just recently that got some like quite a bit of triple j radio play actually um came out on ground level uh uh called wandering strangers and that um we we got like a number one on a on the triple j unearthed well funny enough um, um my, my girlfriend's australian mm-hmm. as you know yeah. um but people that are listening wouldn't know that but um <laughs> and why she why she was um Back home visiting her folks, um, she saw a piece on you. I think it was either on In the Mix. It was it was on one of the websites, and um, you were being touted as like you know a very big thing. And my girlfriend phoned me immediately, like, read out the, the piece about you and you and Phil. Right. And um, it was it was it was basically saying you know what you what you just said is that like you know it's that the, there is a the, you know big riffs you know very you know you know kind of accessible elements mm. um and it's kind of interesting that that now you're gonna strip back the sound that, yeah. but but in in the same breath is i f- i feel that um if you if you can have a, a kick a snare some hi-hats and and a and a, and a riff that that is infectious mm. it's pretty much all you need yeah look we're we're, we're both we we like hooks and we like things to get a hold on to you know it's very important with us when we're writing our music and when i say we're like stripping things back we're not stripping out our kind of our big riffs and our yeah. big kind of drops and all that sort of stuff we're just trying to make them stand out more and be more focused um and get rid of the things that don't need to be there we're both very very keen on you know i don't like to sort of say you know like pop music but like the elements that pop music bring in terms of just the hooky sort of stuff, you know, and just having a big thing to kind of get onto and that drops and, and swings and moves and it, it can kind of stick in your head. And that's where we're trying to focus on making those things really, really nice, clean and, and spacious, but at the same time um, make the beats a lot kind of more bigger or bigger and simpler and, and, and more spacious to kind of yeah. just create space in everything that we do. Um, but yet, you know, still have that energy. Well, I think that's the holy grail, really, mm. isn't it? Is, um, you know, no, I, I would agree with you. Is that you know, pop music as a rule is mm. I, you know, I I love good pop music. Mm. You know, um, 
you know, when, when I hear a track on the radio and I walk away and I'm still humming, humming that track, <laughs> yeah. you know, a day later, that's a good track, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and you, know, I, you know, I wouldn't take anything away from anyone that makes pop music. Yeah. Um, I think it's a different element where people are trying, trying to um, make, like manufacture pop music. And they're sort of like, like going, well, it needs to be this, it needs to be that. And if you do this, you do that, do that, it's going to, result in this yeah. and um we, we had a conversation earlier down the pub um about disclosure yeah and um that i think that's a really good example of, of um how pop can be credible absolutely you know those guys are killing it and uh, if that's what pop music is if that's what popular music is then hey like Great. cheers to that because that's what popular music should be mm. you know i i couldn't agree with you more mm. you know um you know, I'd t- I, you know, some of their tracks, you know, one recently, and I hadn't heard before, I turned it up on the radio, I was like, oh, this sounds great, you know, and this is daytime radio. Mm. And um, I didn't even know it was them, and how honest is that? Mm. You know, I like their stuff, I mm. turned it up and I was like, this is great, you know. And um, and at the end of it, it's a new, new one, but it was just like... You know, more like that, please. Yeah, for sure. More, more, more popular music like that. It's just... Gives, I don't know. It gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling in my stomach that that is where you know that where popular music is kind of heading, and that that there is still really, truly credible artists out there writing interesting, diverse, and really well-made music um, that is is becoming popular amongst people. It's great. It's a nice, it's a nice idea that that um, you know pop doesn't have to be cheese. No. You know, it's a, it's a very nice, it's a, you know, it's, to be honest, it's an inspiring idea. Mm. That's what, that's like why we can sit here and you say, I want to strip out all my ideas apart from the key elements, yep. big riffs, fill the space with, you know, stuff that needs to be there rather than, you know, yeah. just filling it with, you know, little bits that just to make it fall, you know, yeah. um, because people will buy into it, you know, and the acid test is in a club, you know, mm. if you're making club music, you know, the acid test is if people dance it's good yeah look there's nothing there's no there's no better feeling in the world than than dropping your track and people keep dancing people and, losing or, their or, shit or, or they you know they they dance harder or they lose their shit um yeah for sure like that's that's you know up there with hearing your, your own music on the radio of which i've never done which even though this track got uh wandering strangers got played on triple j i've still never heard it. i got a lot of text messages and phone calls from people like oh, i just heard your track but i've still never heard it that would be an amazing kind of moment and the the last one is hearing somebody else play your track yeah, like, that's that, very like, exciting yeah. that's that's you know i've i've had a few few people you know text me or tell me that they've done it you know and djs that i respect and um and admire and um, and and people tell me that you know other, they've heard other people playing it, and it's just it's such an amazing and I, you know I've heard other people play our stuff, and it's just it's it's such an honour yeah. when when somebody else plays your music because you know it just means that you, you you've done something right and that they they you've you've spent spent all this time kind of in the studio and in front of a computer going oh you know just kind of slaving, craving, slaving crafting it and crafting it you know and. And you kind of finish it and like any piece of art, it's never truly finished and you kind of send it out there into the world and cross your fingers and hope that everybody else likes it. And when somebody else is playing it, um, it it's testament to the fact that they I like think it. I it's because it's so personal. Yeah. You get so close to it that, yeah. that, you know, that when you let go of it, 
and it goes into the marketplace, you you kind of you, you, it's it, it has to take on life of its own. Mm. So when it does, and you know when people play it, you know obviously that's the biggest accolade you can get because they they don't even have to say they like it. Yeah. For for you know for me to play another people another person's piece of music, that means that I get it. Yep. I don't need to tell them I love it. Mm. I'm playing it. Mm. Um, you know, because, very, because very selective over. Yeah. You know. Oh, for sure. As as a DJ, you're you know you're essentially kind of like a shit filter. You know, you kind of <laughs> yeah. sit there and music comes in. And I mean, you know, I don't mean that as in like you know some other music is shit. But it's just for you, you're a, you're a, you, you filter out the stuff that you don't like, and you're not oh, going to play well, something. Mike, if you, you, don't you like can it. say that. There's a, there's a sea of shit <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, to be sure. honest, but I mean, there's you know there's it's and and for for people out there in the kind of the the, the clubbing world that are there to, to dance and kind of you know absorb the music and that sort of stuff when they're following a dj they or a producer or whatever that that they want to go and see they they're there to you know they trust that dj that that, that dj has spent the time listening to the music and and then they when they when they play it they play it because they genuinely love it or get it you know as you say and so when when there yeah, when another dj plays your music it's like Okay, great. You know, yeah. okay, somebody out there, there's somebody out there that doesn't think our music is shit. <laughs> well, and then you, is you listen to it in a different light as well. When, when Totally. There's you know, tunes that I've I've written that I didn't physically, I was I was sick of because I'd heard it too many times yeah. and then somebody else plays it and I'm like, oh, wow. And you can look around <laughs> the room or the festival, wherever it's being played and you can hear it like through other people's eyes well these should yeah. I say you know but you can see their enjoyment for it and it makes it, it gives it, it's inspiring it gives you a it gives you that lease of life of like I, I remember where I was when I first got this track up and yep. I start, first started making it and by the time you finish it you're sick of it Yeah. but hearing it in, in that environment hearing somebody else play it you know I've I've been so nervous about not playing one of my tracks until I've heard another DJ play it, yeah, and they've they you know where I you know I'm just done with it. I'm absolutely done with this track. And then you hear you hear another DJ play it, and you look around, you see the response, and you know I can't wait to get home and dig my own track out yeah. to play it. You know because it's it's given me um you know sort of confidence in one of my own pieces of music. Maybe that's just me, but. Um, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's um it's exciting and it's a, it's a funny kind of way of looking at it, but um it's just yeah it's it's important. So while we're while we're talking about production, um what we you know I, we kind of have to talk about it is um the breakbeat scene. Yeah, um, I'm happy very, happy to talk about the breakbeat scene. <laughs> okay, unlike uh, some people, I'm sure, but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not pointing fingers at me because no, um, no, no. I, I volunteered this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, um, you know, we, we 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 come from a scene which is breaks. Yep. Um, although you know, I, over the years, I've definitely drifted into more of a sort of a, a kind of slight, slight different sort of realm. Yep. Um, you know, for no other reason apart from you know a lot of the breaks that the style of breaks I used to play just became very thin on the ground and there just was less and less and less to choose from um and the way that the way that i would the way i i I view music is if i can't find a piece of music in a certain genre that doesn't fit what i do i'm I'm not going to stop djing yeah so i would look elsewhere look elsewhere yeah um you know i 
it's it's a different it's a different thing because um, this goes with the label, and obviously you've released some breakbeat tunes on Lot Forty Nine. We label. have, we have, um, and you know it's the breaks I like. You know that's why I was desperate to pick you up mm. and to put your music out because mm. there wasn't many people that I I was really feeling, um, but you guys were were you know you're really doing it for me. So that's why you know that's kind of how we got involved musically mm. um i know your relationship with the breakbeat scene is is a lot more current than mine is mm. um well we th- still it, there's still there still is a breakbeat scene in perth well there, there, there is a breakbeat scene <laughs> worldwide you know yeah. there's, there's there's not oh no not I, don't, I, don't that, I don't mean i don't mean you know i don't mean that there's not a breakbeat scene anywhere else <laughs> but i didn't i think definitely in australia there's not much of a breakbeat scene in in some of the other cities in australia um Became a bit of a dirty word for a while there, and um, but well, so but, was garage for a while. So was garage, and now, and garage now look is at it. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, it's not right yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no. Look, I haven't. I. I mean, you know, I'm the last person to write breakbeat off because it's it's definitely a sound that um I've grown with and um and has given me the kind of the successes that um I've been able to have in Perth and um around the country in Australia and um and it's the sound of amber and it. Yeah. it it always will be, you know, as much as we might not play as much of it as we used to. And there was definitely a period where there was some breakbeat diehards that, um, that weren't too happy about the fact that, you know, the sounds were starting to kind of other sounds were infiltrating the, the, the Saturday nights there because it was born as a sort of purely breakbeat club. And, you know, now we play everything from breakbeat to techno to electro to house to mumbaton to drum and bass to trap and a little bit of dubstep and you know it but essentially the core sound of the club is still very much breakbeat Mm. um and there's still a lot of new breakbeat getting played there there's still a lot of um international breakbeat artists that are playing at the club um and you know with with our festival breakfast which happens at the end of the year like i was gonna mention yeah that's there's there's still that's still very much a breakbeat festival and you know we we sell up a bunch of tickets every year and people come to listen to breakbeat and it's just i think i think a large part of it is because ambar has been such a core of perth that um that the sound has stayed alive there and because of all the djs that have been residents there have still loved the sound and not just kind of dropped it and moved on to something else um and because of a festival like breakfast um you know and and Boomtick as a as a kind of a, a greater organization still pushing and promoting the music the the there's been new generations of breakbeat lovers i mean the 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 young guys that are, are now our residents you know grew up on seeing us and coming to um coming to the festivals and that sort of stuff and now they're playing breakbeat and then now there's a new generation of guys that are coming up after them that are playing breakbeat well i think that's kind of what the problem we've suffered here in in the uk is that like um you know the the, the breakbeat scene here and in, 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 well let's say europe really is that the, um you you had like funky breaks then you had like you know kind of more more sort of deeper or like sort of kind of breaks yeah. yeah progressive is not actually a bad word yeah. um it was kind of progressive breaks which yeah. is more more where i was at yeah. Um, a little, I say deeper, but deeper would give you an idea that it didn't go off. That's yeah. not the case. No. Um, 
and then then you had the more sort of like tear outbreaks yeah. the sort of like the which has kind of morphed into 140 jungle somehow yeah, um, yeah they just they repackaged it <laughs> um and you know look that i think that's what it was for me is that um a lot of people around me and a lot of people that represented the sort of sound i liked started to drift off yeah you know and um a lot of them drifted into techno and a lot you know funny enough you know wh wherever they went um you know so you're left in a scene and then then i guess the jumping jumping within jumping for me jumping into say like funky breaks mm. which you know you've always played a broad selection you've mm. always played right across the broad board mm. you know i i didn't yeah you know i was very fixated on on a, on a certain style of breaks yeah um so it wasn't so easy for me. Me playing funky breaks, I might as well have been playing it I might as well have just went and, and played drum and bass. You know, yeah. it's like it was that different to what I I was known for. So I guess, you know, is that because you being a resident, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, mm. <laughs> but you being a resident, y your um repertoire had to be more 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 uh, totally. more broad than than what i was as a guest dj well, you know yeah i mean that was also definitely as a resident you know that you have that that role i mean but also the way that our our the, that i program our residents and the way that i kind of have selected our residents and and um and i guess decided whether or not they were kind of capable of being residents or not was whether or not they had the capacity to play at any time and so you know, we all of our guys move around. Um, we all play at eleven o'clock some weeks. We all play at one o'clock some weeks. We all play at three o'clock some weeks. We do closes. We do warm ups. We do opens. We do you know. And so all of our guys have developed this ability to kind of play anytime, anywhere, and therefore the blinkers are well and truly off. And it's it's for me. It was always an ethos that I felt that as a DJ. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a DJ first, yeah. and from and a and a, pro, a producer or you know sort of second, you know, and and because I for for me to, it's important to be a DJ to be able to play anytime, anywhere, versatile, you know, yeah. being versatile, and because of that, I've, you know, my sets and and you know and with Black and Blunt, our sets, um, feel feels exactly the same as me, you know, like we we out we change tempos and genres and um you know in in 90 minutes you know you'll hear a couple <laughs> of different tempo changes and six different genres and it's 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 always been you know a a a, a kind of a desire that I've had to play the full spectrum of sounds and now you know with 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 breakbeat it it made it capable for for you know residents like we have it at the club to be able to, you know, look further afield and yeah. not get disillusioned, I guess, with the breakbeat sound because if the funky stuff wasn't really happening, there was heavier stuff that yeah. was taking off and if that wasn't really happening, then there was deeper stuff that so was taking off. you could move around within yeah. the genre. Within yeah. the genre and yeah. then, you know, if you needed some funkier stuff, you could look back and play some older stuff because the newer stuff that you had, you were going to play later in your set. You know, so it didn't feel like you'd overplayed any particular track too much because you might not have played a 3.30 till close slot in a month. Yep. So you could go and, you know, find all those tunes and play those tunes. So you had a new take on it. Yeah, a new yep. take on it. And, you know, you could be excited about it. And so, therefore, it gave longevity to everything because 
everybody wasn't just playing one till five or one till three every week you know everybody has been playing all around the place and so everybody makes the most of of being able to exercise you know flex that muscle that funky muscle or that deeper muscle or that heavier muscle you know and and therefore the music that they have gets older slower Yep. You know, yeah, you yeah. don't get over it as quickly because you're not kind of pigeonholed into one sound and one style and one type of set. So it just means that um yeah, I just it, it means that the sound for us is has maintained because right. and you know, now like I think breakbeat is is in probably the best place it's been in sort of five or six years. It's there's all this new stuff that's coming out that's I don't know. People probably aren't even calling it breakbeat. Do you, but, want, to, do you want to name check anyone? Um, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I hate it when people put me on, on, on the spot like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I really like the stuff that Martin Hogg is doing at the moment. Um, yeah, me uh, too. To be honest, I, I, um, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's got he's, a, he's got a really cool sound. Um, that's it's big, it's heavy, it's but it's spacious and it's kind of stripped back and stuff like Savage Skulls. Um, uh, which is you know th- those guys are writing you know PO is is PO to Pete is like I just really liking the 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 difference in kind of broken beat that people are doing it's you know people I, I guess you can though those more I don't know big whether, beat yeah it's stuff. almost more big yeah. beaty sort yeah. of stuff you know and which is harping back to the time before breakbeat you know and um and yeah. it's just it's it's experimenting with you know not kick snare kick kick snare you know it's like let's let's throw the snares around let's throw the kicks all around you know like but yet use things like hi-hats and other kind of rhythmical elements to keep the roll and the drive to go going along but yet move things out of place that you know the kicks and the snares out of into different places so that the break is so unlike anything that you've ever kind of heard before it's still a break beat you know like it's still a broken beat yep. and i just yeah, yeah. um and you know and and stripping things things like bass lines back to just nice clean 808s that kind of just hum and bounce and fill the room with with sort of a wall of bass but yet like you know the the the, the riffs and that sort of stuff can sit up nice and high and it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be kind of be kind of big cheesy sort of stuff so i think one of the problems with um with the like the 808 and using the, a lot of sub bass is that the way that, the way that, you know, such a mode, when the kids buy music now is through their computer. They, mm. they listen to their, listen to it. They preview a track on beep or iTunes, whatever it may be. On, on, so yeah, on laptop speakers. So they can't hear no sub. They don't, they can't really hear what the track's capable of doing. So a lot of those, a lot of those kind of stripped back tracks, they would go under the radar mm. because, they sounded sparse. They, mm. they just sound like they were. Whereas the, you know, with the with the big sort of distorted bass line, you know, that's, that's, that's being filtered at the same time, it feel it filled the the speaker. Mm. So you're like, this sounds big, mm. but you know, you you got to have you got to have a bit of vision playing, and you, you need to trust some no artists mm. to know that what they're what, what they're, they're delivering. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they know how know, to mix a track down. Like Maelstrom, uh, you know, makes you know fantastic. You know, some some of the stuff that's out on Boys Noise, you, you know, oh, yeah, he's killing you, it. you need to take a little bit of a risk and understand that these guys do know what they're doing. Buy it, play it, mm. and actually hear that you know they are reaching all the f- frequencies in in a club. It's just that you can't hear them on a laptop speaker. Mm. That's the bitch. Yeah. So you've got to kind of trust that it's going to be good, you know, and 
you know, at the end of the day is, you know, pe- people are very careful about what they buy. They want to spend X amount of money. They want to, you know, learn. I, you know, even going back to buying records, you know, I'd still get home and I'd buy a load of records I like that I'd never play. Yeah. And I still do it when I download tracks, you yeah. know. I still, I'd say like the majority of the tracks that I buy, I don't play. Mm. I'd say like, you know, maybe 20% of the music I buy, and I, I buy regularly, the same as when I was buying vinyl. Mm. I'd say about 20%, and that's been very generous, mm. actually makes its way into my sets. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't take that back. I'm still buying music I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still buying because it sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of really amazing music out there. I'm, I'm probably... I don't know. There have been moments in the last sort of fifteen years where I've I've struggled to find good music. There's been a six month period where it's been really, really difficult to to fill my sets up with something new and exciting. And I've been playing older sort of stuff or similar sort of stuff to you know what what I'd been playing in the previous kind of six months. But I mean, at the moment, I'm you know I can't buy music fast enough. I can't um, absorb it fast enough. And I can't yeah. play it fast enough. And it's you know the the genre hat is well and truly off and people are okay with that now there was a time when um you know <laughs> play some fucking breaks word. mate you know play some fucking breaks you know that was a big thing at amber it was like well, i don't i'm not really feeling the breakbeat at the moment you know there's all this wicked house that's coming out that i'm yeah. feeling you know and now people are, are much more at least in perth and um and you know a lot a much more accepting um of genre changes tempo shifts up, down, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, playing mumba, trap, you know, drum, drum and bass, breakbeat, electro, techno. Like lately I've been, you know, putting quite a lot of techno into my sets and it's, it's something that, you know, if you ask the, the punter on the floor, do you like techno? They might go, no, I don't. Yeah. But you put it in their set, you put it in your set and you put it, you deliver it in the right way. Deli- Delivery is yeah. everything. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden they're loving it and they're coming up to you going, this breakbeat tune's amazing. And you're like, yeah, yeah cool, okay. Well, a lot of techno artists, the, the thing that's become very, um, it's very kind of uh, fashionable for, for techno artists now is to, to end, end like, you know, the eight bars with a, with a breakbeat feel. Yeah. yeah. And it roll because it's all about the rolling and, you know, the baseline techno is, it has big dirty baselines. It kind of hits the spot that progressive breaks isn't there anymore. Mm. So it can, you know, a lot of percussion, it's got, it's got the vibe. Um, you know, I remember when I, when I first started playing Fabric and I remember people, remember Rennie Pilgrim said to me, this would be great if it was, if it had a break in <laughs> yeah. it. And it's like, yeah, but like everyone's dancing. It's great anyway. Yeah. But you know, just a memo to Rennie is like, yeah, they they have break beats in them now. They do. They do. Yeah, <laughs> there's ten um, years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some really good broken beat kind of techno and um, a lot of the really sort of stripped back melodic sort of stuff and slower stuff like 120 BPM. And yep. yeah, it's um, it's I think it's as an, as an exciting time for electronic music. You know, aside from all of the you know the the the, the mainstream stuff and the big explosion of kind of of edm and you know what where that's taken there's still this undercurrent of just really really solid solidly written beautifully produced music out there that is worth listening to well um yeah well that's a nice way to end (laughs) um thank you for coming and seeing me mike obviously it's always a pleasure seeing you and um i really appreciate you making your way down from north london to the suburbs no worries mate thanks uh, for having me no no my pleasure and um hopefully next time i see you it'll be in um australia hopefully so um anyone you want to give a shout to 
Oh, just shouts out to all the Perth people, uh, my family. You know, you guys are, you guys are the people that uh, that keep me going. And uh, thank you. And also to thank you to everyone who, uh, you know, put in for the possible campaign. You guys got me to Kaz and Tip, and I, I can't thank you enough. So that's about it for the first episode. We made it. Finished. Thank you very much for listening. I know it's a little bit rough around the edges, but I'm sure you agree it adds a little bit of charm. If you're interested in discussing any of the things that me and Micah raised in our conversation, head off to my Facebook page. And if you're after a track listing for this show, go to my website, meetkatie.com and subscribe and you'll receive a newsletter. Next episode, I've got Dylan Rhymes in for an interview. My long-serving business partner with Lot 49. It starts off badly and just gets worse. Thank you very much for listening. Take care.
shit, yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Michael Black from Black and Blunt. This is uh oh shit, hold on. <laughs> uh, this is this is me, Katie, and you're listening to lowering the tone.